Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. Over 150 episodes and counting, I've come out with the God Men book, which is you. You are the man who is in the image of God. And the subtitle is Copies of God Making a Copy of Heaven and Earth. And my new book is coming out and... It's about exposing the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. And this is absolutely critical. And I realize that the journey that I've been on, which I could call a journey of disruption, you know, when there's disruption, when there's distraction, where there's disappointment, uh, where there's dis-ease, there's an opportunity to meet God. You know, Jesus healed all who were oppressed and, and, and sick. And every time we meet Jesus, he closes the gap. He closes the gap and removes the distance, removes the dis so you have ease, removes the dis so you have appointment. And, and I found that, that the testing of my faith develops perseverance, that that I only go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, that he prepares a table, a banquet table before me in the presence of my enemy. So when things go wrong, when things go south, when things don't appear to be going in the way that I would want them to go, I surrender. I surrender to Jesus. I come under him. Understanding is standing under authority. I want you to remember that. Understanding is standing under. And Jesus said to the disciples, do you not yet understand about the loaves and the fishes? Don't you understand? They were were standing outside of Jesus in that Revelation. They had to come under Jesus. They had to submit to him. You know, everything makes sense when you understand the kingdom of God. And that's what this podcast is about. Because when you understand the kingdom, when you see the kingdom, which you cannot see unless you are born again, Jesus said, unless you are born again, unless you are born again, unless you are born again, of the spirit you will not see the kingdom the kingdom is spiritually discerned the kingdom is not a place the kingdom is not like you know you know coming jesus said the kingdom is now jesus said the kingdom is at hand it's not a building jesus said that the the, the sons of god the, those who are led by the spirit are like the wind They're like the wind. You don't know 
where they are going. That you can see the evidence of it. You know, I know so many people who are kingdom people. They have joy, they have peace, but they don't have necessarily what the world would want them to have because the kingdom of God exposes your affection. I said the kingdom of God exposes your affection like the sword of the Spirit that is coming out of the mouth of Jesus. The sword of the Spirit divides between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. The words of Jesus divide. They divide. They divide. They bring division between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. They bring division to family. Jesus said, I've come to set fire on the earth. I'm going to turn a mother against her daughter, you know, a, a daughter against her mother-in-law. This is the division that comes by the word of God. And his word is holy and his word is pure. And he places his word above his name. And his word will never end. Heaven and earth will flee from the presence of Jesus at his coming, according to Revelation 20. Revelation 20 records something that is yet to happen, but will happen. Revelation 20 says that at the coming of Jesus, at his presence, heaven and earth fled. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, my words, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, my words will never pass away. So you want to get in his word. You want to get into the word of God. You want to get into understanding. And so Jesus said in Mark chapter 8 and in many other places, beware of the error. Beware of the teaching. He said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And he said, beware of the yeast of Herod. And I believe this is really the the number one lesson that I've learned that I continue to reflect on is that in church, in this fallen world, you know, we get infected. We get infected by wrong teaching. You know, Jesus prayed for Peter. He said, you know, Satan is wanting to sift you like wheat. He had to choose the right way of thinking. He said, you know, your, your words are from Satan. They're, 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 they're man's words. They're not God's. Jesus rewarded Peter when he spoke what the Father was speaking. Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he was rewarded for that. I, I believe that's why he became the apostle, Peter, and was put in charge of the church. But when he spoke the, the ways of man, when he spoke what man wanted, he was very strongly rebuked. And it, he was told that it was Satan. And we can be like Cain, who killed Abel. See, God came to Cain and corrected him and coached him, and he didn't choose the right path. Judas didn't choose the right path. And Hebrews warns us not to be like those who fall in the wilderness. 
He said, if, we, if God killed people because they didn't listen to an angel, will he not kill people who don't listen to Jesus? I mean, that's what, that's what he says. And this is the, the, the title and the purpose of my message today. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And this is phenomenal and this is exciting. And what I want to say about this is really going to help all of us today. John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is phenomenal. Uh, I just want to finish my introduction though. Your mind, you know, absorbs everything you see. You know, the Bible says if you set your mind on spiritual things, set your mind on things above. But if you set your mind on carnal things, you have death. If you set your mind on spiritual things, you have life. And those who are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit, those are the children of God. Now, every episode I've ever done has been the impulse of the Holy Spirit. He has spoken to me during the week. He has led me to read the Bible and study And then he says, I want you to do a podcast on this topic. I want you to read a book. I want you to plant a church. These are the things that I've done. Every one of these things are, you know, from God. But if I'm not reading the Bible, if I'm watching, you know, Netflix and I'm worried about things that worries of the world choke the seed, then it becomes very difficult for the Holy Spirit to, to give me that impulse. Because my, the Bible says, you know, the, the mind that is set on the flesh cannot please God. It cannot please God. And, and there are a whole bunch of other scriptures about that that I won't go into because it's not the message for today. But let me, please don't give up. Please keep listening because this is just the introduction. And, and we're going to roll it out really quickly after this introduction. But your mind is going to be infected by yeast according to Jesus Christ your mind your thinking is going to be either kingdom thinking or it's going to be political thinking or it's going to be economic thinking you know he said to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees to beware of the yeast of Herod so you and I have to remove the error, because that word is translated error. Jesus said, it's the teachings of religion that that are choking the seed. It's the teaching of politics that choke the seed. So Judas, for example, he wanted, you know, Christ to be a to be the the political and military leader. In a sense, he was infected by that political spirit, and. And he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Peter wanted Jesus to to hang around as well, but he was able to weed out of his mind that thinking. And so the kingdom is a way of thinking. That's why we need to repent. That's why we need to come to Jesus and to buy, you know, gold from him, to buy, to get sell from him so that we can see 
but it's a process of weeding out of our thinking the teaching of the Pharisees, the error of the Pharisees and the error of politics. And I mean, one of the biggest errors we have in the church today and in the Western world is the error that we are building the church. There, it is nowhere in Scripture that we build the church. Okay? Peter, Jesus said to Peter, I will build my church on this rock. So why are we building it? Because the very job that Jesus gave us, who are the church, he said, you go and preach the gospel. So instead of preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, which most Christians are not doing because they're so busy building the church, they're giving money to mission, they're giving money to building programs, they're, they're trying to get a seat on the front row so that they can be a pastor and have their own church that they can build. And there are so many Christian books that have misidentified the purpose and the problem and the function. So there are books about leadership, there are books about finances, there are books about all of these things that are God's responsibility. They're not ours. We have been given the one responsibility of preaching the kingdom. But the error, the teaching of the Pharisees and the teaching of politics in this 21st century is that we are building the church. The Bible is clear. The church is built as a spiritual house for God to dwell in. The church is built in love. The church is built as each one of us does our part. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have the fivefold ministry. I'm not saying that we don't lay hands on each other and encourage each other. We need to do church. We need to be church. But God is the one who makes it grow. Even Paul says that. Even Paul says that. He said, look, one of us plants, one of us waters, but God makes it grow. Again, there's nowhere in Scripture that we are building the church. It is Satan. It is Satan. And be where it doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the bathwater. I got born again in a church where there was a very strong um, you know, error and teaching around building. I'm not saying that we don't raise money. I'm not saying that we don't buy property. I want to buy all the property. I want to own everything. But what I'm saying is it's an error. It's a teaching that we need to remove from our own minds. So when I'm sitting in that church, I don't necessarily I went to a church for 23 years where I had to permanently remove the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. I was sitting in there being kingdomized being radicalized by Jesus Christ, being set on fire from the very altar of God, Jesus baptizes with fire. He's jealous. His name is jealous. Yet I was listening to my pastor and my leaders, and I was deleting, deleting, deleting. It was like a redacted CIA document by the time. Most sermons, I, didn't li- I deleted them all. 100% it was 100% error. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. So, you know, there were years of teaching that were just total nonsense. Not what the Spirit of God was saying. Not what the Spirit of God was doing. Delusional prophecies that were not from the Spirit of God, that were the, the, the wisdom of men and the soul realm of, of so-called prophets. And none of it ever happened. Okay, got that out. But I'm angry for the Spirit of God who has been waiting for the church to grow up and he wants us to grow but we cannot grow while we have the pharisaical mindset we cannot grow while we have the political mindset what is politics politics is the structure of man rome was the political structure that crucified jesus christ the cross was a political structure the cross was Roman. The cross was the political spirit. Capital punishment. It's all about control. I said it's all about control. Whereas the kingdom of God is not about control. It is about surrender. It is about surrender. When you are in the kingdom, you submit to God and the devil flees. When you're in the kingdom, you receive, you go to the throne of grace with confidence. You submit to God, you surrender to God, you, you come to him. You trust not in your own understanding. It's all about surrender. You yield to the Holy Spirit. You're led by the Holy Spirit. He leads you into paths of, of, of clean waters. He leads you beside quiet waters. He prepares a table before you in the presence of the enemy. You come to God like a little child. So everything about the kingdom is surrender. Everything about politics is control. So if you're feeling controlled in church, that's what it is. It's just what it is. It's a political spirit that crucified Christ. And the same political spirit will crucify the kingdom, the Christ in you. So you have a responsibility by the lips of our Lord to weed out of your thinking the political spirit. You have been told and commanded by Jesus, and we who claim to know him should obey him. He said, beware of the error of the Pharisees and of Herod. That error is what crucified Christ. Christ was not crucified by the Pharisees alone. They needed the Romans to do it. And the Romans didn't crucify Christ alone. They needed the Pharisees to do it. Neither Rome nor the Israel you know, religious system, neither of them wanted Christ because he was disruptive, because Christ and the kingdom is disruptive. Christ and the kingdom, it causes division. So, you and I are responsible to weed out of our minds the teaching and the error of politics. Politics is about man. Politics is about giving man control. So, religion is about man. Religion is about giving man control. But they operate very differently. Religion will put rules in front of you. 
politics will put structure in front of you. So religion might say, for example, oh, you're not married, so you can't pray for women, right? Well, Jesus prayed for women. So religion will put this, you know, rules in front of you. Or, oh, no, 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 you, you know, you won't be healed because of one prayer. You need to fast and pray, you know. And, and there's, there's truth mixed with error often. So it doesn't mean it's all, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. I didn't leave my church because there was a little bit of political teaching, but I left you know, at the point where it was a hundred percent political, <laughs> not, you know, ninety-nine point, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I left where people were being, yeah, and it was still a good church. I mean, there was still good going on, and they're good people, but I had to leave because I couldn't be there. Um, they, I was, yeah, hallelujah, Jesus. So religion will put rules, politics will put structure. So you can't preach until you have a Bible studies degree. You know, you can't, um, you know, if, you, if you're sitting in the front row, then, then, then you're a good person. You know, these sorts of political structures. So that's how you identify those. But listen to the secret of the kingdom. The kingdom will put nothing in front of you. The kingdom is at hand. And that's really the essence of my book, again, is I'm weaving in my own story, my own experiences with God. So it's a little bit more personal and vulnerable than God men, which was really like a slap in the face with the kingdom. And I don't think most people would. <laughs> you, you need to read it a few times and come, come back two or three years later. But, but, but it, is, it is a seed that grows. The yeast of the kingdom will take over the whole lump of dough. So it does... It does challenge you, but it's very, very, very heavy meat of the word. And it's extreme. And I love it. It's like a baseball bat to the head. Um, And I don't know, I'd like your feedback because I think it's quite intense. Um, But the second book is really what I'm talking about now. And it's saying that, you know, Jesus said, come, come to the waters and drink. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. He healed all who are sick. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that's the secret. If somebody is saying that the light at the end of the tunnel is behind some man, behind some process, behind some rule, behind some system or structure, then it's not the kingdom. Okay? If, if, if they're saying, here it is, it's free, Freely I've received, freely give, then that's the kingdom. Okay? Done. I've just saved you about 10 years of your life. Run from anyone who says that you have to jump through hoops or do whatever, because that is not, that is not the way it is. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a process for you to get married. That doesn't mean that if someone asks you to marry them, that you should just say yes. You know, you should, you know, get wise counsel. You should probably have a period of engagement. There's wisdom in that. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the kingdom of God is always at hand. It is within you. It is within reach. And it is never behind a paywall. Okay, so that gets me into my message for this morning. Coming into Christmas 2021. The law came through Moses. Grace and truth 
came through Jesus Christ. So we're living in the age of grace. David and and you know lived under the age of law, but he tasted of the age of grace. He was able to live as though we were under grace even though at the time he wasn't. And what I want to say to you is I believe John was referring to Psalm 89 which says righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Faithful love or grace and truth go before you. Okay? The New Living Translation, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. New King James Version, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. So I believe this is also pointing to another era in the church today. Jesus Christ, it says, brought us grace and truth. I'm not going to teach about that. That's, That's evident by his own life. Okay, so... We forget, though, that God is still seated on his throne. And his throne is is on a foundation of righteousness and justice. So, for example, we often look at Jesus forgiving the sins of the woman caught in the act of adultery. And we see grace and truth. We see grace that he did not hold her sins against her. We see truth in that all the other men were sinners too. And we see her going away alive and going away happy. And Jesus does that. He makes us happy. He brings life and life abundant. But he said to her, go and sin no more. Because even though grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, he is still God. And his throne is still established on righteousness. So he can't go up to a homosexual or a prostitute who has been caught in a sin and say, go and keep sinning. He can forgive them. He can love them. And we see grace after grace after grace after grace after truth. But he will call them to righteousness and that's what i'm saying to you is god holy is his throne established on righteousness and truth has he asked us to repent has he told us to be holy as he is holy has he told us to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect and i believe this is a very significant error in the church today the error is that you can live under grace, but there's no righteousness. There's no no foundation of justice on the throne. I believe that a lot of people are feeling as though they can sin and God will forgive them because of Jesus and because of grace and truth. But I don't think that's how it works. Yes, he loves you and them and he forgives them for their sins, but not if we willfully sin. The Bible says if we willfully sin, there is no sacrifice left. 
The Bible says if we willfully sin, there is no sacrifice left, that we're crucifying Christ again. God will not be mocked. The Bible says we will reap what we sow. And what I'm saying to you is Jesus called people to repentance. Jesus told people to stop sinning or something worse would happen because his throne is established forever. His throne will never not be on righteousness. His throne will never not be on justice. There is no cloud of turning. There is no darkness in God. God cannot be tempted because he is God. And I don't, he's never going to say it's okay to sin, ever. It's never okay to sin. It's never okay to hurt people. A Christian, according to John, the apostle won't sin. A Christian, according to John, will be like Jesus Christ, who never sinned. Jesus was not, you know, I mean, Paul even says, are you going to, are you going to, you know, join your, your body to a prostitute? Jesus would never join his body to a prostitute. Jesus would never in, engage in, in a homosexual act because he was sinless and we are called to be like him. So I really believe this is an error and a warning. Yes, he loves you. Many of you, maybe you feel love, you feel permission but let me just ask you one thing. How much of the Bible in the New Testament is about error? How much, I'd say, you know, almost all of it. <laughs> you know, if you really read the letters of Paul and John, they are warning of the Antichrist. They are warning of the lawless one. They are warning of who has bewitched you. You started off going well in the spirit but now you're trying to trying to work you know so much of the the new testament is warning us of error you know paul says there are there are there are men at your love feasts but they are blemishes you know he's correcting and correcting error there was so much error and, and the reason I ask that question is, is it possible that you have some error? The only way to get rid of it is to surrender. It's to surrender to God. It's to surrender to the holy fire of God, to, to say to God, burn me. To say to God, here I am, Use me, take me, and to listen to what he's saying, to read what he's saying to read, to read the Bible, to pray in the Spirit. When we, when we pray in the Spirit, we edify ourselves. We need to submit to God and the devil will flee. And we need to read the Bible to, to get rid of that error. We need to allow the Word of God to test us and to burn us because the Word of God is a two-edged sword that will divide between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. And most importantly, we need to repent. We need to be able to repent. Even the letters from Jesus were correcting error. He wrote letters to the church saying, you know, you guys are lukewarm. 
You, you guys have the teaching of the Nicolaitans. You guys are tolerating Jezebel. You guys are you guys, you guys. So repent. And this is what we do. Like David, we say, Lord, search me in the night. Test me to see if there is any evil way in me. We surrender. We, we go to the word of God and we allow it to shine light on us. We go to wise counsel. We allow them to correct and to rebuke us. And this is what's happened in the church because error has slipped into the church. Because the politics, the spirit of politics and the spirit of religion are in the church. We don't correct people. Paul says we need to judge those who are in the church. So when someone's sinning, we should judge them. We should, you know, in love, correct them. Whereas because of the politics in the church, we don't. We take them to a private room. We try and medicate them and counsel them and we tolerate their sin. Whereas Paul and the Bible and Jesus are clear. You correct them. You know, at, at some point you excommunicate them. This is the Bible. This is the kingdom of God. This is true Christianity. It's not this whitewashed tomb that looks good on the outside, but is full of dead bones. I can talk all day, but I'm going to believe God now for the fire of the Holy Spirit to convict you. This isn't just, um, don't listen to me to feel like we're in agreement. Listen to me as though I am the oracle of God and I'm asking him to correct us. I'm asking him to, to come in and shine his light on us that we would be fearfully and wonderfully made. That we would fear God, which is the beginning of wisdom. That we would humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. So Holy Spirit, come and correct us today. Show us where there is error in our lives, in our thinking. Weed out of our lives the, the, the error of the Pharisees, the error of religion. Lord, shine your light in us and burn out everything that is not of you. We give you permission and we give you invitation today. In Jesus' name, God, to you be all the glory and all the praise. Thank you. So Charles Spurgeon, in sermon number 1024, said, True prayer is an approach of the soul by the Spirit of God to the throne of God. It is not the utterance of words. It is not alone the feeling of desires, but it is the advance of the desires to God. The spiritual approach of our nature towards the Lord our God. True prayer is not a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance, but it is a deeper, it is deeper far than that it is spiritual commerce with the creator of heaven and earth. God is a spirit unseen of the mortal eye and only to be perceived by the inner man, our spirit within us, begotten by the Holy Ghost at our regeneration, discerns the great spirit, communes with him, prefers to him its request, and receives from him answers of peace. 
Guys, I really hope and trust that you will allow the Spirit of God to correct and rebuke you and and challenge you to be like Jesus Christ today. I pray and hope and believe that you will be founded, that you would be standing on the throne of grace, that you would understand that the throne is also on the foundation of righteousness and justice, that you wouldn't just live in some frivolous idea of Christianity that says you can do whatever you want, but you would actually fear God and obey him. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That's the throne that's on a foundation of righteousness and justice. So we approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. And I pray that the Lord would meet every one of your needs perceived and unperceived, known and unknown, conscious and unconscious, that he would meet your needs today, financial, physical, emotional, social, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening, guys. I've been Jonathan. You've been listening to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. Speak to you soon.